Good morning. Good morning, my NLH family. Good morning. What a privilege it is to be with you another morning. It's a joy to see all of the faces and joy to see those who I can't see the faces, but I see the names. Um, I just want to thank God another day for the opportunity to share with you what he has placed on my heart. And as I play, as I, sorry, as I prepare to share with you, um, I just pray that your hearts will be open to, to receive what the Lord has in store. So I am going to read the opening scripture and then I will ask um, Sister Tashina to lead us into worship before the message. Now Elijah the Tishbite from the Gilead settled, sorry, from the Gilead settlers said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives in whose presence I stand, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. Then the word of the Lord came to him, leave here, turn eastward and hide at the Wadi Sharif where it enters the Jordan. You are to drink from the Wadi. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he proceeded to do what the Lord commanded. Elijah left and lived at the Wadi Sharif where it enters the Jordan. I'm going to ask somebody to pick up on the second slide and we alternate, please. The ravens kept bringing him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening, and he would drink from the wadi. After a while, the wadi dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. So Elijah got up and went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow gathering wood. Elijah called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup and let me drink. As she went to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked. Only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now I am gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterward, you may make some for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. Then the woman, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The flour jar did not become empty, and the oil jug did not run dry, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken to Elijah. After this, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. His illness got worse until he stopped breathing. 
she said to Elijah, Man of God, what do you have against me? Have you come to call attention to my iniquity so that my son is put to death? But Elijah said to her, Give me your son. So he took him from her arms, brought him up to the upstairs room where he was staying, and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow? I am staying with my killing her son. Then he stretched himself out over the boy three times. He cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, my God, please let this boy's life come into him again. So the Lord listened to Elijah and the boy's life came into him again and he lived. Then Elijah took the boy, brought him down from the upstairs room into the house and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know you are a man of God and the Lord's word from your mouth is true. Blessed be the name of the Lord for his word. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Tashina. The title of the message I am sharing with you today is a Position for Purpose, Part 2. I would have shared Part 1 a few weeks ago. And in Part 1, I looked at Saul on his way to Damascus when he had an encounter with God. Saul's purpose was initially to persecute the Christians, but because of his encounter with God, he became a preacher and a teacher of the gospel. During that encounter with God, his physical position, we, we, when I shared with you, we looked at that, the fact that his physical position changed and he was struck to the ground, he became blind and he had to be led by someone to the house of Ananias. His destination did not change from Damascus, but his purpose did. The essence of that message was looking at the ultimate mandate of the believer, which is to win souls for Christ. And in it, I also looked at how our willingness to accept a God-ordained change in our positions can help or hinder God's purpose being fulfilled and the danger of forfeiting a position of providence for a position of preference. And a position of providence is a God-ordained position. A position of preference is what we would like to happen. Arising from that message was a discussion on what is one's purpose. And you may have listened to the message and you're still questioning, what is my purpose? For many of us, we see purpose as a goal to be achieved when you're doing what you believe you were ultimately created by God to do. For example, being a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, a business owner, a nurse, whatever the, the chosen profession may be, that you think this is what the Lord created you to do. And whatever that role is that you may think that you are created to play in this world, persons may see as their ultimate purpose. The challenge with that is some people do not know what that role is. And very importantly, that that role is not static, but can evolve. And so the focus of this message today is the fact that being positioned for purpose is a journey and not a destination. And so with that said, the subtitle of the message this morning is Positioning and Purpose are Present Continuous. I'll repeat that. Positioning and Purpose are Present Continuous. The present continuous verb tense indicates that an action or condition is happening now, frequently, and may continue into the future. So like I said, there are some persons listening who may be questioning their purpose, unsure of what it is you were created to do or to be. And while we may be created and have a specific anointing to achieve a specific thing, for example, David to be king or Moses to be the Israelites out of Egypt, purpose is not a destination. It's not a single thing to be accomplished, but rather it is a journey. Every point on that journey, we are assuming a position. Whether it's an exciting position, it's a, whether it's a mundane position, a comfortable position, an uncomfortable position, a familiar position, an unfamiliar position. That position at time zero, however, for many of us is difficult. It may be lonely, 
It may be challenging. It can feel overwhelming. But the beauty of present continuous is that while now you will say to me, but Karen, you, you don't understand what I'm going through. One day will become, Karen, let me tell you what I have been through. Elijah is a well-known and often preached about prophet in the Bible. And he's considered a mighty man of God who had many powerful experiences with God. And today I'm going to spend some time looking at a snapshot of Elijah's life during a season of repositioning for him. And the main text comes from 1 Kings 17, which was read earlier. And I want to reread verses 2 to 6. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kerith ravine. The CSV version says the Wadi Sharif, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. I, sorry, you will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Elijah's life is an example of the present continuous nature of positioning for the fulfillment of God's purpose. God was very specific in his command to Elijah, and he used four verbs, leave, turn, hide, and drink. Leave here, turn east, hide at the Kerith ravine, and drink from the book. And so I want to spend some time today dissecting these commands that God gave to Elijah. Leave here, turn east is the first one I want to focus on. Elijah was in one physical geographic location when God told him to leave. He was commanded to leave where he was. The next instruction was turn east and hide at the Kerith Ravine. My question is, is that you today? Is God saying to you, leave from here and go there? Leave from the familiar and go to somewhere that is unfamiliar. Or maybe you've already left and you're already now in that unfamiliar place. And it may not be a physical relocation like Elijah. Is it a relationship? Is it from a place of comfort to a place of suffering? Is it from one job to another job? Is it from a place of plenty to a place of lack? Like Elijah, not only is it you are being positioned or have been positioned in a place that is unfamiliar, but somewhere that may be uncomfortable. Leaving, however, is an act of obedience to God's command and there is purpose in leaving but God's purpose will not be completely fulfilled without the turning. Hence, obedience is required now in the present and continuously as God commands us to shift. In this case, the command to Elijah was also to turn. Turning means a change of direction, going somewhere other than where you were initially planning to go. Somewhere where the circumstances may be below your normal standards. Somewhere where you don't feel like you fit in. Somewhere where you may feel alone in a crowd. 
somewhere where instead of having reserve or sure source of income, your income becomes unsure and unpredictable. Somewhere that the truth be told, you would rather not be there. But God is saying to you that that somewhere is your new position. That somewhere is where his purpose is going to be fulfilled in the present season. And so what will be or has been your response? And you may be listening and wondering what possible good could come from this change in your position. What purpose are you talking about, Karen? There's no purpose in my current position. Yes, there may be purpose to be fulfilled when I arrive at my destination, but what purpose is there in my here and now? And the Lord wants me to tell you this morning that there's purpose in your here and now. But first, you must obey his command like Elijah and leave and turn. But not only must you leave and turn, but you must go where God sends you. God's command to Elijah was leave, turn, and hide at the Kerith Ravine or Wadi Sharif. Is that what God is saying to you today? Go to your Kerith Ravine. And you may be thinking, oh, no, no, God, that, that can't be God. God cannot possibly be sending me to a ravine or to a wadi. And so let me break down the significance of being sent to a ravine or to a wadi. A wadi is Arabic and it means a dry riverbed. The Hebrew translation of wadi is nahal, N-A-H-A-L, which has a similar meaning. It's a water course that is dry, except during the rainy season. So if instead of using wadi, we use ravine, which is also used in some translations, some synonyms for ravine are valley, ditch, gorge, or gully. So let's go back to the scripture and replace the words with these words. Then the word of the Lord came to him, leave here, turn east, and hide at the valley, in the ditch, in the gully, in Kerith. Or let's use the other word. Then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to him, leave here, turn east, and hide at the dry riverbed. Is God saying to you, turn and hide in the valley? Turn and hide by the dry riverbed. A valley, a gully is not a pleasant place to be. And we know we're very familiar with gullies in Jamaica. And it's not somewhere that you go in the normal course of your commute, of walking, even back in the days when you go through tracks and all of that. You don't, you don't voluntarily go through a gully unless you have to. Yet God was sending Elijah into a gully. God knew that position in the gully. That was where purpose was going to be fulfilled in Elijah. Are you in the gully? but you're resisting it? Have you been questioning or even rebuking your ravine experience because you fail to realize that there's divine purpose in that position? Or maybe you're not yet in your, in, in your ravine, but like Elijah, the very instructions that you're getting from God foretells that what you're about to experience is a valid experience and you're struggling to obey. Why? 
because the valley is uncomfortable. It's painful, it's unfamiliar, and it may even be lonely. And the truth be told for many of us, change is more palatable when we don't know what we will encounter when we get there. Why? Because sometimes as Christians, we believe God will always make our lives better by our definition of better. And we define better as more comfortable, less suffering, greater wealth, healthy and happy relationships, healthy bodies. And so that is often our expectation when God says, change your position. So when the leave and turn takes us to a dry water course or in a valley, we don't accept it as being of God. But like I said in part one of this message, God is less concerned about our comfort and more concerned about his purpose being fulfilled in and through us. Elijah chose to obey God's command, whatever the cost. And so what will be your response? Will that be your response to obey God, whatever the cost? Could it be that the purpose to be fulfilled in your life from that positional shift is to teach you how to obey God at all costs? But instead of yielding, sadly, the result when we, sorry, sorry, instead of yielding, when we realize that our positions are not a bed of roses, there's disappointment in God. We question if we heard right. We become jealous of others or even angry and resentful towards our others. Why? Because we have a warped perception of the God that we serve. And we forget that everything about our lives should be for the fulfillment of his purpose. But I am here to remind you today that God's command to leave turn and hide is for his purpose to be fulfilled in your lives. Don't fight what God has designed to build you. Do not fight what God has designed to build you. God's third command to Elijah at the ravine was to hide. Sorry, was to hide at the ravine. And I just went through what ravine means or wadi. But I want to spend some time on the hiding aspect of the command. Hide, as defined by the Oxford Dictionary, is to put or keep out of sight. Or in my words, to separate from and be apart from. And so yes, separation is sometimes part of God's plan. And I touched on this in part one where I share that Abraham's purpose being fulfilled was tied to his separation from Lot. So we saw where separation is important. In Elijah's case, we don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us who he was being separated from, but we know that God told him to go and hide. So we know that he would have been alone. And yet he obeyed and he left. He obeyed and he turned. But guess what? Obeying and leaving, obeying and turn, turning is not complete obedience if he did not hide. Hiding means he would have been in God's will. Not hiding means that he would have been out of position. If Elijah was on the hillside, he would have been out of position. 
If he was on the plains, he would have been out of position. If he was on the mountaintop, he would have been out of position. Is God, God commanding you to hide, but you're fighting to be somewhere where you're out of position? You'd rather stay that place, but that place that you want to stay at is out of position. Are you fighting to hold on to something or to hold on to someone God is calling you to be separate from? And I'm not discounting how hard it is to walk away from the familiar. It's difficult. The unfamiliar can be frightening. And it can be frightening if we take our gaze off God and focus on what we see in the natural. Hiding can feel lonely. Those who would normally support us and encourage us are no longer there. Things we would normally have for comfort are no longer there. The certainties of life become uncertain. Is that you today? Like Elijah, God has said to you, hide. And the instruction may not even be as direct for you as it was for Elijah. Elijah specifically commanded, sorry, God specifically commanded Elijah to hide. But maybe for you, it's a case where the circumstances around you have started to shift and you're beginning to realize that you are in a place of separation, in a place of being hidden by God. Could it be that that is all a part of God's plan for you in your new position? Unless you embrace the shift, God's purpose in that position cannot be fulfilled in and through you. So to stop getting upset with people when they become distant. Maybe it is God who has separated them for your sake. Don't get angry or offended when you're rejected. Because maybe you're in a season where it is not them who reject you, but God who has rejected them for you because he's separating you. His desire is for you to be wholly focused on him so he can work on you to prepare you for your next season. Maybe, just maybe, like Elijah, the season of preparation, sorry, of separation is a season of preparation for your next position. Have you ever stopped to consider that? And let, let us look at another well-known person from the Bible. Two weeks ago, Sister Tamar looked at the life of Joseph and how he demonstrated forgiveness when his brother sold him into slavery. And that account is in Genesis 37 to 48. Joseph ultimately became head over the land of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And we see that in Genesis 41, 40. But how did Joseph's journey to being appointed to such a high position begin? His journey began with separation from his father and his brothers. With that separation began his preparation for what God wanted to do in and through him. During both Elijah's and Joseph's time of separation, God revealed himself to them and they both saw the supernatural hand of God at work. With Joseph, we see that he had he, he was the beneficiary of unmerited favor with Pharaoh and that led to his ultimate position of authority. That was God's hand at work. And we see that in, in Genesis 
38-4. For Elijah, it was God's supernatural provision at the Kerith Ravine. And I will explore that part of it a little further. So the lesson for us here is that when God hides us in that position of separation is preparation for our next season. In that position of separation is the revelation of who God is. And ultimately, as we see for Elijah and Joseph, in that separation or from that separation comes elevation. And so the, the, the last point I want to explore on Elijah's hiding or his separation from the familiar is the elevation that came as a result of that separation. And we have looked at hiding in the context of being separated from something, from somewhere or from someone. But let us for a moment look at another meaning of hiding. Hiding means being in obscurity. Obscurity as defined by the Oxford Dictionary means the state of being unknown, inconspicuous or unimportant. So hiding may not necessarily mean that you're alone, but it may mean you are unknown, you are unimportant to those around you. For both Elijah in the ravine and Joseph in the pit, they were not only separated, but they were obscure. Elijah had to go through the valley of obscurity before he got to the mountain. Joseph had to go through the pit of obscurity before he got to the palace. And so what is the point in all of this? Too often as Christians, we want the Mount Carmel experience of Elijah that we know very well. And we see that in 1 Kings 18. But we despise the season of obscurity in the valley that is necessary to prepare us for that mountain top experience. We don't want to be unknown. We don't want to be unrecognized. We don't want to be treated as unimportant. We want to be center stage where everyone can see us and know who we are. But before Mount Carmel came the valley. God's purpose of using Elijah mightily on Mount Carmel could be realized because Elijah understood the importance of his position in the valley. We cannot get to the mountain unless we go through the valley. God's purpose of using Joseph to save his family, Egypt and all the surrounding countries in a time of famine, famine which we see in Genesis 41, 53 to 57. That purpose was realized because Joseph understood and conducted himself wisely in his position in the pit and in his position in the prison. Too often as Christians, we come up for the wealth and the authority and the power of being in the palace, but forgetting that before the palace came the pit and the prison. Before Elijah's and Joseph's elevation came separation and obscurity. So when God hides us or instructs us to hide, we must behave wisely in that position of hiding because with that separation comes not only preparation and revelation of who God is, but with that can also come elevation. 
And so, yes, it's good to desire the elevation, but we must also embrace the separation. So I have looked at God's first three instructions to Elijah, leave, turn, hide. And so my fourth point is God's fourth instruction to Elijah is in verse four of 1 Kings 17. You are to drink from the wadi. I have commanded the ravens to supply you with food there. So God's fourth command to Elijah was to drink. Again, this is another example of positioning and purpose being present continuous. Remember, present continuous is something that is happening now, frequently, and may continue into the future. Elijah left, he turned, he hid, but now he was being commanded to drink. And God's purpose in this season could not be fulfilled unless he trusted God and drank from the wadi. And remember what the wadi is. The wadi is a water course that is dry, except during the rainy season. And I want you to get that. It is supposed to be dry, except during the rainy season. But God said, drink from the water course that is supposed to otherwise be dry. But God is saying to Elijah, it will not be dry because I, your God, have sent you there. I, your God, will command what is supposed to be dry to produce water to sustain you. Elijah trusted his God enough to obey even though it may have seemed foolish to go to a dry place. What instruction has God given you concerning your position, but it looks foolish? Where has he commanded you to go that would cause you to think, but I didn't hear right, because that's a dry place. Under every normal circumstance, yes, it is supposed to be dry. By man's definition, it is supposed to be dry. But the beauty of being sent to a position by God, the beauty of being sent to position yourself by the wadi is that if God says drink, it means that he will command the river to produce water. If God says go or stay by your wadi, he has commanded your wadi to supply your needs. Will you continue to trust God, not only to leave, not only to turn and to hide, but to have faith that he will command that dry place to produce so that you can drink. And that is what we struggle with as believers. We can leave and we can turn and we can hide. But when we see that the water is dry, we panic, we get anxious and we start helping out God by looking for our own source of water. But God is saying, no, 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 it's dry to you, but it is not dry to me. All things are created by me, so they must obey my command. You think that source that you had has dried up by itself? You think it just dried up by itself? No, no, it dried up because I, your God, have shifted your position. So I commanded it to dry up because I have and will make provision for you elsewhere. Will you just trust me and drink? Is it you that God is talking to you this morning? That God is talking to this morning? 
is God saying to you this morning, will you just trust me and drink? The other thing that we observe in this command to drink is that God also said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. It is full time as believers, we stop looking at our own wisdom. Ravens are unclean birds. Some said they're the birds that we call John Cruz in Jamaica. And if we looked to our own wisdom and try to figure things out, which is about unclean bird, I, how can I, I, I eat from an unclean bird? But it is full time as believers, we stop looking to our own wisdom, our own strength, our own abilities, and start trusting God to make provision, however he chooses to make provision. Being positioned for purpose will not always be comfortable. Being positioned for purpose will not always be predictable. Being positioned for purpose will not always mean abundance. Being positioned for a purpose will often mean living day by day by day by day. Verse 6 says, the ravers kept bringing him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening. The, the scripture didn't say that the ravers brought him enough bread and meat in the morning for breakfast and dinner. It says they brought bread and meat in the morning and again they brought bread and meat in the evening. Are you in that morning and evening position? Are you in a position where you wake up and you don't know where breakfast is coming from? And it may not be literal food. It may be you wake up and you don't know where the rent is coming from. Or you don't know how you're going to make your car payment. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You don't know how you're going to send your children to school or pay the school fee. You don't know where your mortgage for your house is coming from. You don't know how you're going to pay your medical expenses. You don't know where it is coming from. Every time that it becomes due, you don't know where it is coming from. God is saying to you this morning, there is purpose in your no position. That purpose is, trust me, because I'm building your faith. I'm building your character. I'm giving you a testimony. So later you can encourage someone who is going through what you went through. Remember what I said at the beginning? That you may say, Karen, you don't know what I'm going through. But the beauty of present continuous is that one day you can say, let me tell you, Karen, what I have been through. God is saying, trust me in your position. Will you this morning make up your mind that whatever God's purpose for you is in that position will be accomplished? Or will you complain and gripe? God will pull the rug of comfort, the rug of predictability and abundance from under us to teach us what it means to trust him. Sometimes we will not know God is all we need until God is all we have. We will not know God is all we need until God is all we have. Elijah was perhaps accustomed to baking his own bread and eating well. Maybe he even had somebody preparing his meals. But God said, move from that place of comfort and ordinary provision to a place of discomfort and supernatural provision. And Elijah moved when God spoke. Will you move? God could have sent Elijah to anybody. And I want you to get this. God could have sent Elijah to anybody. But he sent him to Wadi Sharif. Kerith Ravine, 
And, and what's so significant about this? From my research, there are at least 26 times in the Bible where the word ravine is mentioned. And so when God sent Elijah to carry the ravine, it means that God was not instructing him to go to any and any ravine, but specifically to that ravine. He did not say go to the ravine of God, which is mentioned in 2 Samuel 24, or the ravine of Zeboim, which is mentioned in 1 Samuel 13. He said, carry ravine. God could have fed Elijah with ravens anywhere, but he said, go to this specific place at Kerith Ravine. What is your Kerith Ravine? Do you know that place that God is sending you or has sent you? Are you in the place where God has commanded the river to flow and the birds to feed you? The tactic of Satan is to try to get us to be out of position. And that will happen when we don't recognize or we forget that there is purpose to be fulfilled in that position. And when we're distracted and out of position, we spend our time and energy chasing after things that God has already commanded to be provided for us in our Kerith Ravine. But instead of being positioned in our Kerith Ravine, we've run from it and we are positioned elsewhere. Instead of like Elijah being positioned to learn that God can provide for us anywhere, we are out of position. Instead of being in that faith building place, we are in a place of disobedience and rebellion. Will you get in your God assigned position? Will you get to that place where God has said, I will command the rivers to flow and I will command the birds to feed you? So I have looked at leave, turn, hide, and drink. But what happens next? And remember, purpose and positioning is present continuous. So after Elijah obeyed God and stayed at the wadi, verses 7 to 10 reads, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. Excuse me. From this scripture, we see that Elijah had to be ready to be repositioned again. God was now telling Elijah, move from where I sent you to a different place that I'm sending you to. The key to God's purpose being continually fulfilled in our lives is continuous obedience. And I, I intentionally say, intentionally say continuous obedience and not continued obedience. Because the words are, when the words are used as adjectives, continued means prolonged. And at some point it will come to an end. Whereas continuous means without stopping. And so we are called to continuous obedience from position to position. So purpose after purpose can be fulfilled in and through us. And let, let's pay keen attention to the instruction in verse 9. It says, God said, go at once. 
Elijah was not given any time to contemplate, to consult, to mull over, to ponder, to wonder. And I want to say to you this morning, as we often hear, delayed obedience is disobedience. But Elijah did not delay. God said, go at once. And Elijah obeyed and went. What is your response to God's command to go at once? Who are you stopping to consult with? Um, let me run something by you. What do you think about this? Okay, Lord, I hear you, but give me some time to sort myself out. Yes, Lord, you said leave the job, but let me work for another six months so I can save up a little bit more. Yes, Lord, you said leave that relationship, but let me just give them a little time to, to readjust. Yes, Lord, you said let me you said relocate, but let, let, let me just ensure that everything everything is in place before I go. Yes, Lord, you said start that ministry, but let me just put a plan together so that I have a roadmap of what it is I'm going to do when I when I move. Your delayed obedience to God's instruction is disobedience. And it will delay or deny you the privilege of maturing in God and seeing him use you the way he desires to use you. And Elijah's obedience to change his position was what would lead to God's purpose of miraculously providing for the widow and her household being fulfilled. And also God used his servant to demonstrate through him to a Gentile woman that he, God, was the true and living God. We see that at the, in the verse at the end of, the, of chapter 17. Who is waiting on you to experience God's blessing? But it is be delayed because you are out of position. How often have you prayed and asked God to help your unbelief? Offer your faith to increase, but you despise the place God positions you that is designed to give you that faith-building experience. God's purpose being fulfilled in and through you is not just about the big picture. Oh, I was created to become A, B, or C, so I will wait for that. Or I don't know yet what my ultimate purpose is, so, so I will just saunter on through life. Fulfillment of God's purpose is not something to be achieved on arriving at a final destination. It's about being obedient and yielded in our here and now, whatever that position is. Your life, like Elijah's, should be one where you're constantly yielded to God's will so that his purpose can be fulfilled in and through you wherever he positions you. And the key is wherever he positions you. And given the present continuous nature of being positioned for purpose, that position at some, at some point may even be one of elevation. I spoke about that earlier with Elijah and Joseph. And much of what I've shared so far addresses how to conduct ourselves in the valley, in the pit, and in the prison. But it is, it is also vital that we know that a position of elevation has purpose. Sadly, however, some of us as Christians experience the abundance of material blessings like Joseph did, or we see the manifestation of the anointing of God, like Elijah did on, on Mount Carmel, but, and then it becomes easy to forget that there is purpose in that. Joseph's journey 
took him from his father's home to the pit, to the palace, to the prison, back to the palace. Joseph's ultimate ascension to a high office in Egypt was not only for his comfort, as I mentioned earlier, but to save his family, to save Egypt and to save the surrounding countries. God didn't give Joseph wisdom to amass all that wealth and know what to do with the grain and how to store up and so on for himself. It was for others. For Elijah, it was to make himself available as an instrument through which God could demonstrate his power and his might. And I want to read from 1 Kings 18, 36 to 39. And it says, and this is concerning Elijah, at the time for the offering, sorry, at the time for offering the evening sacrifice, the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that at your word I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord, answer me so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face down and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. In this scripture, we see that Elijah did not forget that it was all about God's glory and the repentance of God's people. Everything that he did on Mount Carmel gave God glory. So likewise with us, even as we have been through our valley or we're going through our valley, one day that valley experience may bring elevation. And let us never forget that that elevation has a purpose and the ultimate purpose is for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. So as I close this morning, I want to ask you some questions. Are you where God wants to position you? If you're not in position for God to fulfill his purpose in and through you, is it because you do not know his voice? Because you do not know him or have a relationship with him? Your salvation is very important to God. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to know him, an opportunity to align yourself so you can get in your rightful position for his purpose to be fulfilled. And it's a simple prayer that is required. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so I want to this morning invite you to say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died and rose from the dead to give me the opportunity to become a child of God. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart 
and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. And if you said that prayer this morning, call us or send us a WhatsApp at 469-333-0397. That's 469-333-0397. Or you may send us an email at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. And for those of us who are saved, I will ask the question again. Are you where God wants to position you? If you are not in position, is, the, is it that you have hardened your ears to God's voice and so you can no longer hear him? If you are not in position, is it because of disobedience? If you are not in position, is it because you were, but you got weary and you stepped out of position? Or maybe you are in position. If you are in position, are you fully yielded so God's purpose can be fulfilled in you? Yielded to the place of blind trust that you leave when God commands you to leave. Yielded to a place of blind trust that you turn even if, even if it is from the comfortable to the uncomfortable or from the familiar to the unfamiliar. Yielded to a place of blind trust that you hide, even though it's a place where you will be lonely. Yielded to a place of blind trust that you stay by the wadi, even though your natural eyes see that it is dry. Yielded to a place of blind trust that you eat, even if your meat is coming from ravens. Yielded to a place of blind trust that even if your provision is not daily, but meal to meal, you will still trust. Yield it to a place where God says, now go and move at once. Will you move? Will you choose a position of purpose? Purpose is present continuous. And so your God is calling you to yield so that he can fulfill his purpose in and through you. Amen.